welcome to the USA Today Fantasy Sports Podcast, our weekly look at the world of fantasy sports. I'm Steve Gardner, and my guest this week is a name familiar to many of our frequent listeners, somebody who's helped this podcast win an FSWA Fantasy Sports Writers Association Award last year for Best Podcast. It is none other than Tim Heaney, now of uh, Rotowire, ESPN, and, uh, and Parts Unknown. Tim, welcome back to the podcast. Ah, it's good to be back, man. Uh, you know, back where we started, we we kind of had a really heck of a run here, and you know, we've been talking about meeting up, you know, for a couple times last couple months. It didn't work out. Glad it finally did. So, uh, good to be chatting with you again. How's everything? Uh, doing great here, and uh, and hope all is well with you. We'll give uh, give the listeners a chance to hear what you're up to in a little bit more detail later on. We'll also talk about uh, the fantasy matchups for Week Six, some new running backs on the waiver wire, but first. A rare in-season NFL trade. Adrian Peterson goes from the New Orleans Saints to the Arizona Cardinals, and uh, he'll try to inject some life into the NFL's worst rushing attack. Uh, Let me pose this to you, Tim. Uh, Will he be able to do anything, and uh, is Adrian Peterson anybody that fantasy owners should worry about? I mean, the trade itself makes sense because they both were struggling and they needed something to to change, and you know, Peterson now gets a chance to have 15 to 20 touches per game i would think just to you know at, le- at least that's the plan going forward they don't have a real good between the tackles guy they cut chris johnson to get adrian peterson on board but i don't know this offensive line is terrible um <laughs> <laughs> i don't it, it's kind of you know two things that aren't helpful trying to help each other and i still think it's a heavy pass first game that's where their weapons are um you know larry fitzgerald and the browns and um y- you know and I, I guess andre allington definitely fits that bill now and I think there's the potential here for the workload to be helpful for fantasy. Will he do much with it? I'm not that confident he will. You know, at his age and with the offensive line, he needs a good offensive line to help him create stuff. I don't think this is the opportunity for that, but I get it. You're, you join a decent offense who's going to actually give you some touches. You know, it makes sense. But for fantasy, I hope you guys didn't really, you know, blow a lot of your budget on this unless, unless it was like a really deep league. The one thing I will say, though, about Peterson is, is that he seemed to need a lot of carries before he gets rolling, and he's better, um, even in recent memory, when he gets 15 to 20 carries. Could it be that possibly the Cardinals can get him that, maybe get some goal line carries, and he ends up being a semi-effective weapon? Because, let's face it, at the beginning of the season, when we were drafting, Adrian Peterson, even in the Saints' backfield, was what a sixth round pick something like that so there had to be at least some optimism surrounding him coming into the season right yeah i wasn't one of those that were taking him that high um <laughs> i was lo- i was lucky to get him in a, in a in a best ball league i guess in round 11 so there was no real risk there um taking him around six with the you know the weapons in new orleans that were gonna you know eat into any chances he'd get that's that's asking a bit much at, at this pace at least you he finally meets that price preseason finally yeah. it, was a, it was a roundabout way to get there but um yeah, I will say that there's probably, you know, more touchdown potential because, you know, Ingram and Kamara in New Orleans were really kind of doing better than him at that even. So, you know, it, yeah, I mean, flex weekly upside is a little bit more certain for him now, I'll say that. Yeah, we'll need to see at least some production, though, in his new environment before we're comfortable starting Adrian Peterson. I think we can agree on that. What about in New yeah. Orleans, though? Well, with Mark Ingram there, it looks like he's going to get more touches. Alvin Kamara looks like uh, a potential uh, stud flex uh, game breaker kind of a guy. 
Uh, do you like those guys to uh, have an increase, any precipitous increase in fantasy value with no Adrian Peterson around? Yeah, I think Ingram owners can breathe a bit of a sigh of relief because there's a little bit of redundancy to what he and Peterson could do between the tackles. Ingram could do it better, but now he has less to worry about on that front. And, you know, Kamara was a guy we were just excited talent-wise about. Just the opportunity was kind of keeping him as like a round 10 or whatever pick because you weren't, you know, the, the weekly expectation for touches wasn't great out of the gate. But, you know, this kind of played out exactly how his speculators were hoping. He would just overtake Peterson, render him you know, irrelevant, whether it be on the team or now, I guess, off the team. So, yeah, Kamara owners should be very excited about this. He, he's, a, he's a dual threat. He can do a little bit of each, you know, receiving and running. And yeah, I'm, I'm very happy to, 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 that I own Kamara in one league this year, and I think it's going to pay off soon. There are a lot of good running backs, it seemed like, on the waiver wire or uh, coming into their own if you had them on your bench and were stashing them, you know, with Aaron Jones doing, doing well in Green Bay, Elijah McGuire showing some flashes, Kamara obviously one of those guys, and then Marlon Mack with a big breakout week. Um, which of those guys do you like uh, best? maybe for the long-term going forward or the short-term for a plug-in this week? Um, or are there any others in that kind of uh, uh, kind of group of running backs that uh, that you like as well? Yeah, it's it's a very volatile week. I was spending a lot of time on the running backs. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people were on the waiver wire. I think the most upside has to go to Aaron Jones here. Um, you got to wonder what Ty Montgomery's role is going to be when he does come back. It seems like Jamal Williams is kind of getting phased out uh, you know, as a third back or whatever. Jones has a little bit more between the tackles ability than Montgomery. I think Montgomery very elusive still. He'll probably get some passing down work, but Aaron Jones has two, you know, three down upside if it works out that way. I don't think it will because Montgomery's still good, but Jones could overtake Montgomery and surprise some people. I think McGuire is good, but he needs a little bit more dominoes with the Forte and uh, and Powell, you know, injury to fall on. If Forte has to have like an Adrian Peterson type of exit for me to be really excited about McGuire, I think Matt Breda might be third for me just because you know the high Breda weekly. Weekly change of pace, depending on what the game flow says, might be a little bit frustrating. I like Marlon Mack probably second of these guys. Um, you know, Frank Gore looks like he's winding down. I think the Colts might be ready to even make that change in the coming weeks. Uh, you know, I, I think I'll rank them Jones, Mack, Breda, and McGuire just for immediate plus long-term ability. I think we need some more clarification on what the Jets are going to do before I get more excited about McGuire. What about Kamara throwing him into that mix? Uh, Kamara's probably number one because he's a bit safer than Jones right now, but that could flip depending on what the Montgomery role looks like moving forward. Okay, yeah, I thought Jones really passed the eye test um, in sure. Green Bay's game last week against Dallas. It was, you know, he looked uh, uh, elusive. He looked like he had a burst of speed. I was, you know, kind of thinking, where the heck has this guy been all the season? Because, uh, you know, Ty Montgomery hasn't been that great. He's looked more plodding all through the season. So Aaron Jones, a, a bit of a, a fresh air there. And I, I think, too, Elijah McGuire, he was a guy that I picked up in, in one of my waiver wire uh, pickups this week because it sounds like uh, Bilal Powell may not play because of the calf injury. Matt Forte still banged up. So maybe for this week, um, I, I might like Elijah McGuire better than any of them. But long term, I think, I think Marlon Mack is the guy you want to own you know, by week 10, I think he's going to break away from the group and uh, and be the guy to own in week 10. Um, elsewhere, uh, I know Odell Beckham was a as a sore spot for Giants fans. Um, he, he has a, a sore spot of his own as well uh, after season-ending surgery. It's a lost season for, for his fantasy owners. What do you make now of the Giants offense? I mean, I, I would uh. at least buy in, and I know this is uh, – 
trudging on the on sensitive territory here, but at least you knew that you had Eli throwing to Beckham, and you could count on some of that at at some point during the season. Now, I don't know that anybody on that team is fantasy worthy. Can you uh, can you come up with somebody? I think you have to wait on Sterling Shepard here a little bit because there is some talent there. I don't know if he's enough to be you know the center of attention for this offense because you know some some guys thrive better when everybody's active type of thing. Um, but you still have to hold on to him as like a, a low wide receiver three for most weeks. You know, he's got his own health issues right now. Roger Lewis, you know, there's a bit of a profile there that he could be red zone worthy, maybe in a non-PPR. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know if I would run out to get Giants to replace the injured Giants. <laughs> Definitely like like a Marquise Goodwin might be better on the wire. Take a chance with Torrey Smith or Nelson Aguilar instead. You know, the offense seems a bit better there. Internally, you know, Travis Rudolph, uh, Tavares King for the Giants, not really the kind of guys you want to rely on until you see more of them. Maybe you stash them as like a seventh wide receiver if it's that deep a league or something like that. Um, Does this help know, Evan Ingram then? Yes. I was actually just getting to that. Uh, All right. Yeah, I mean, he, he can move around a bit more for more than normal tight ends. You know, he can, he can do H-back. He can line up in the slot a bit. I think PPR owners might be able to lock in Ingram as a top 15 tight end many weeks uh, moving forward. So, yeah, uh, Ingram's probably the benefit beneficiary here more so than any of the actual wide receivers, maybe except Shepard, who I think is still worth owning. But still, that schedule, brutal. This week at Denver, yes. then Seattle coming up, and then a bye after that. You're going to have to wait an awful long time to get anything out of these uh, these Giants players, no matter how good they are. Also, one other thing. Um, do you see the Monday night game, Mitchell Trubisky, his first NFL start? What were your impressions of him? Yeah, they weren't that big heading into the game because the Vikings, you know, daunting matchup for a rookie in his first start. I thought he was okay. Um, you know, not a great, not great efficiency. He got the one touchdown that was tipped to Zach Miller, so you don't want to, you know, read too much into that. But you know, relatively kept the ball closer to the vest. Didn't you know open things up to too many mistakes. He has very little to work with on the offensive weapons front. You know, Kendall Wright being your number one. You know, Zach Miller being there. A couple tight ends in the system. You know. It's not the year to really judge him fairly, I think, at this point. You need to own him in two quarterback leagues, I guess. It's kind of like that that fringe two or three option every week. Um, you know, this Bears offense, besides the running backs, going to be very, very hard to count on every week. But I think this, the long-term future is still bright for him. I think he's got the mobility and the arm strength to really kind of open up this offense when they do actually get people to help him. Yeah, that was what impressed me, that he moved around, it seemed, very well. And on the touchdown pass, got out of the pocket, made a play. And uh, I, I wonder if, if maybe he looks for Zach Miller a little bit and Zach Miller's fantasy value goes up just a tad with Mitchell Trubisky yeah. at quarterback. Yeah, no, it's definitely valid. Um, you know, two tight leagues where it pays to own two tight ends, that's a guy you probably want to at least stash. You're listening to the USA Today Fantasy Sports Podcast, part of the USA Today Podcast Network. You can find us on SoundCloud, on iTunes, on Stitcher, and Audioboom. And if you like what you hear, please download us, like us, and rate us on all those platforms. And follow us on Twitter at USA Today Fantasy. My guest is Tim Heaney of Rotowire and ESPN. Uh, we're going to take a look at some of our fantasy rankings. And Tim, maybe just uh, if, if things pop out at you or any random comments, you know, we, we're not going to script anything, uh, at least not the first 20 plays or anything like that. But uh, whatever comes to mind as we go down some of our rankings. And, uh, and if, you, if you disagree, obviously, with some of these rankings, uh, please speak up. We have on the quarterbacks list Kirk Cousins as our number one quarterback. 
at uh, or at home against San Francisco, followed by Tom Brady against the Jets at home or, or at the Jets. Sorry, uh, Drew Brees is number three against Detroit. Aaron Rodgers number four at Minnesota. Deshaun Watson been fantastic playing against Cleveland at number five, followed by Matt Ryan, Carson Palmer, Alex Smith, Philip Rivers, and Jameis Winston. Um, any of those stand out as uh, exceptionally good or? Why the heck are they up there so high, picks? I love I love the Cousins ranking. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I had nothing to do with that, by the way. Sure. Okay, <laughs> Redskins fan, whatever. <laughs> no, no, but there's a lot of good to that. I mean, he's coming off the bye. I think there's more work to be done with Terrell Pryor. You know, connection there could be facilitated. Maybe Jordan Reed gets back. If not, they have Vernon Davis. I mean, the Niners defense has been, you know, very, very friendly to quarterbacks and wide receivers, so... Yeah, um, yeah, Cousins, I don't know if I'd rank him number one, but I think, you know, kudos to that call. I think he's a top three quarterback, maybe. Maybe he's just below Breeze and Brady if, if you want to play it really safe. But, yeah, um, definitely all about Cousins this week. Let me ask you about Deshaun Watson. Uh, didn't start the season as the number one quarterback in Houston, but, boy, over the last two weeks, ten total touchdowns. Are we seeing uh, a potential superstar in this league develop right before our eyes? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, few few quarterbacks coming in have had the tests on national stages that Deshaun Watson had at Clemson. I mean, you know, people are talking about his size or whatever. He's not he's not that tiny for you know. First of all, people kind of were worried about that, but guy can run, guy can extend plays. He's great, you know, avoiding pass rush. Um, great weapons in Hopkins and Will Fuller coming back. I think has been huge for him. Yeah, expanding the the downfield prowess of him. Um, you know, yeah, I mean, I was I was big on Watson as, like, a number three quarterback in a lot of leagues. You know, best ball, I have, I have like, a couple shares of him in NFFC and, and the Fishbowl, uh, which I finally started playing in this year, which is a great league. How are you doing um, in that, by the way? I th- it's actually best ball uh, qual- um, qualifiers into it. I'm second place overall in one. Not overall, but in my league in one. I'm second place. I think I'm, like, six in the other one. So, within nice. range. Nice. Not bad. Very nice. Um, it's a great format. I actually like the tight end and first down rewards that are actually, you know, make it a little bit more even keeled. Um, but yeah, uh, Watson very much, you know, top 10, I think, weekly rest of the time. Texans will have to run the running game. Lamar Miller, you know, Deontay Foreman, still kind of, you know, not the best, but there's a lot of talent there and they can have Miller in the passing game a little bit more. So yeah, I, I believe in what's showing from Watson, if not to the same lofty level he's shown. Uh, but, you know, the fact he's going to be starter-worthy in fantasy, it's definitely uh, locked in, I think, right now. Interesting point you made, too, on Watson, that Will Fuller came back two weeks ago, and that's when Deshaun Watson has uh, kicked it into overdrive. Uh, some of the other guys, we do have uh, Kevin Hogan starting for the Cleveland Browns in that game against Houston. They travel to Houston, and uh, the Texans have lost, you know, J.J. Watt and Whitney Merciless uh, this past week possibly is is kevin hogan able to uh, kickstart that browns offense or are we going to see another five touchdowns from watson <laughs> um well hogan might have to jump start if it goes like that garbage time true points. um yeah, yeah deshaun kaiser you know the guy used to throw to will fuller actually looked a little bit you know he's turnover prone and sack prone uh hogan's you know will run a safer offense you know hugh jackson's offense can can you know uh be volatile depending on how his weapons are performing you know, the, the receiving weapons are not there, really, for the Browns. Um, right. Duke Johnson's probably their best wide receiver at this point, at least until uh, Josh Gordon gets reinstated, hopefully, down the road. Uh, running backs, uh, let's go down the rankings. Le'Veon Bell, number one. Leonard Fournette is number two. Devontae Freeman, three. Kareem Hunt, Todd Gurley round out the mm-hmm. top five, followed by Melvin Gordon, Mark Ingram, Jordan Howard, Jarek McKinnon, 
and Carlos Hyde. Leonard Fournette, let me ask you about him. Touchdown in every mm. game so far. Is is it possible that uh, he could give Kareem Hunt a run for his money on the uh, rookie of the year this year? Uh it's, it's easier to think Hunt would be that because it seems like the offense is a bit more free-flowing. They actually have a consistent forward-moving passing game, I guess. Because, <laughs> right. you know, a little bit more a little more talent there. Um, you know, Blake Bortles, the quarterback, kind of hinders anybody. But, you know, the workload-wise, Fournette seems like he's a better bet than Hunt every week um, just to get the touches. So, you know, in, in volume alone and stats piling up, Fournette could be the more busier running back on the, on the balance of the rest of the season. Rams are going to be a tough matchup because, you know, Aaron Donald and, and Michael Brockers in, in the middle there is always going to be tough on offensive lines. Uh, seems like they're back, you know, a little bit healthier now. But if he could, you know, break loose on the second level, that that's a bad linebacking core and, and the secondary is a bit iffy. So they, if they get Fournette involved in the passing game a lot more, I think he has a chance to surpass Hunt. I don't think it's happening yet, but the upside, I think, is there from what Fournette is costing every week, I guess, in like DFS is a little bit less than Hunt. So, right. yeah, I mean, I've, I have a lot of pieces of Fournette, so I'm enjoying it. I just want to see him be a little bit more efficient. Uh, if he can touch the ball in more favorable situations in space or something like that. Let me ask you about number nine, Jarek McKinnon uh, against the Packers this week. Mm. Do you believe in what you saw from him against the Bears? And uh, he is explosive enough to be a fantasy starter week in, week out. Uh, maybe not week in, week out. Maybe, you know, I think he's a certified flex right now because Latavius Murray's running is just awful. And the Vikings offensive line was actually cultivating itself more towards the more um, you know, side-to-side, one-cut-type moving Dalvin Cook. Latavius Murray's not that type of running back. No. Jarek McKinnon is. So that's why I like McKinnon a little bit more for, for the return on investment that it took to get him on the waiver wire. I think there's a little bit more he can do with all of his touches than Murray can. He, Murray's more of the volume guy, like you said, kind of like a uh, Adrian Peterson type. Needs that needs those sustained carries. So, yeah, I, I think McKinnon against the Packers this week, very good. They'll get him out in space against them because, you know, the Packers pass rush is still pretty good. And they'll need they'll, they'll need to get um, you know whether it be Sam Bradford or Case Keenum a little more safety and I think McKinnon's that guy so yeah I think McKinnon's a top twenty five back most weeks moving forward especially in PPR any of those other running backs uh, jump out at you this yeah. week yeah that Carlos Hyde ranking you know got to see what happens with that because the the game flow might move more towards Matt Breda um, depending on you know that might be a, a let's get the passing team involved there but then they, then again they lined up high as like a wide receiver a lot in, in the first couple of weeks so maybe they have both of them on the field at the same time Kyle Shanahan does that a lot did that a lot in Atlanta with Freeman and Coleman might as well do try to do that here to get something different going indeed wide receiver rankings Antonio Brown still at number one this week Michael Thomas coming off the bye of New Orleans playing against Detroit at home T.Y. Hilton gets the number three spot at Tennessee Devontae Adams is number four at Minnesota Mike Evans is five followed by DeAndre Hopkins Larry Fitzgerald Jarvis Landry Golden Tate and number 10 Michael Crabtree um what do you think that Crabtree I can't imagine him giving a top 10 performance this week against the Chargers it's very interesting um you know the Chargers have some good cornerback play uh, Trevor Williams and Casey Hayward are, are tough matchups for them. And, you know, even with Derek Carr coming back, you know, like we said before, it's just not an offense I like to trust right now. Um, maybe buy low on a Cooper Crabtree to trade for the full, for the balance of the season if they mess up after this game. But for this actual matchup, I'm not the biggest fan of that. Um, yeah, maybe a little bit lofty. A couple of names not in the top 10 that you would expect to be there. Julio Jones is number 11 this week as the Falcons take on Miami. And Jordy Nelson at number 14. Devontae Adams getting the higher ranking 
presumably because of his health. Uh, Jordy Nelson says his hamstring yep. is fine, but he wasn't on the field during that last crucial drive that the Packers had against the Cowboys to win. Um, yeah, I don't know. It um, mm. Those are some iffy injuries for some key players there. Yeah, and especially with Jordy Nelson, he, he's probably going to go up against Xavier Rhodes. Uh, that's the the big wide receiver quarterback matchup to watch in this one. Adams going against Trey Waynes, much more favorable for Adams in that case. I think Rhodes follows the main receiver most of the time, so I think that's probably going to be Jordy if he's active. So, yeah, Jordy's. I think, I think Jordy's more of a wide receiver, too, this week. I really, I actually agree with that ranking pretty much. Okay. Um, a couple others. Uh, Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs way down in that game against Green Bay, too. Just thought mm-hmm. I'd throw that in. Thielen ranked 17th this week and Diggs 25. Again, Stephon Diggs um, had a groin injury, yeah. I believe, that kept him from doing much of anything on Monday night. And he's got to come back and and go against the Packers, who've been surprisingly pretty good against the pass so far this season. Um, any of those Weird. other? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I, I was gonna say the Packers cornerbacks are awful, and they've been pretty good uh, against the pass. Which I, I think the Vikings, the Vikings with Case Keenum could take advantage of that. I mean, they they kind of pepper the Bucks a bit. I know the Packers are a bit better on, like I said, pass rush and stuff like that. But I don't know. I, I think I'd be confident starting Thielen, especially if Diggs is injured and and inactive. So, yeah. Yep. Um, looking at the tight ends as we uh, close it out, Delaney Walker, number one, Zach Ertz, number two, Travis Kelsey, if healthy, had a uh, look like a concussion symptoms in uh, mm-hmm. in their game, but uh, he's hoping to be back for Pittsburgh. Kyle Rudolph at number four, Ed Dixon of Carolina gets the five mm. spot, and uh, no Rob Gronkowski, eh, he's down at number seven at the Jets this week. What do you what do you expect out of that um, Patriots offense? If Gronk is maybe iffy, is is Brandon Cooks going to be able to uh, to give us that, you know, number one wide receiver production or is this just an offense that takes what the defense gives them and uh, so far this season it's been all pretty much Chris Hogan. I think I could see Cooks breaking out this week. I mean, the Jets have have had pretty good passer pass defense ratings that this is going to be a test for them you know the Brady injury is not to his throwing shoulders so that's at least a positive it could affect Brady you know with the way he's you know trying to protect the ball and stuff like that sometimes but I'm not really all that concerned about it you know Brady's still top five every week I think um yeah I think Cooks tested the, the the deep uh defense for the Jets this week pretty hard um yeah this might be Cooks's big game he had the, he had the one earlier in the year but I think this is a, a, a fine opportunity time to use him Gronkowski you know if he's healthy you kind of have to begrudgingly start him but his floor is definitely a little bit lower than it has been in, re- in recent years. Tight end is just such a wasteland, and especially yeah. when you get Gronk and Kelsey as uh, questionable for this weekend. I don't know. It, uh, have you have you had issues <laughs> filling that tight end spot this season on your teams? Well, I, I've had Jordan Reed in a few leagues. I bought him low, but yeah, it hasn't really helped to have that. <laughs> you know, Austin Safari and Jenkins against the Patriots, maybe? I mean, George Kittle against the Redskins without Josh Norman? You know, there's possibilities out there. Yep. Uh, maybe maybe those waiver wire gems will uh, will pop up and and uh, pay off for you, uh, Tim. Before we leave, uh, d- how much DFS uh, do you get to do during the course of the season now with the uh, with your responsibilities? Um, not as much as I'd like to. I mean, my bankroll's not as good as it could be. I think most people that play DFS can probably say that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, but I, you know, I do the weekly fan duel competition for the RotoWire staff. I do the Tower Wars daily competition, which. You know, tuning my own horn, my own horn here. I'm actually in first place this year so far. Um, been very fortunate with some good lineups there. It's all about the stacking. Um, you know, uh, not as much as I'd like to. I think it's kind of taken a step back from recent years. But 
you know, still still rolling out some lineups here and there. Okay, so uh, without giving away the uh, the secret to all of your competitors in the Tout Wars Daily League, <laughs> uh, any stacks that uh, that you may be considering for this week? Well, I think you kind of have to consider the uh, the Deshaun Watson DeAndre Hopkins stack. It might be a weekly consideration <laughs> moving right. forward. Um, you know, facing the Browns, it's always a, a solid combination there. You know, and then you have, you know, maybe if you want to take the chance with the. Um, Maybe you know if you really want to go crazy against the grain, you can go with a uh, Kirk Cousins Terrell Pryor stack. That that's that, that's something that's pretty interesting. You know they spend the bye week working on some things. Maybe that actually translates into something. Yeah. Um. You know there's always the um, Drew Brees Alvin Kamara Michael Thomas stack against the Lions coming out of their bye. That's always an interesting one. Um, a lot of options you can go with this week for that. It's uh you know for the GPPs you always want to go big with with you know kind of. Finding those those vulnerabilities. Indeed. All right. So uh, before we close out, then uh, Tim, you've been uh, doing a whole bunch of stuff. Let the folks know exactly where they can find you and uh, and what sorts of things you've got going on these days. Okay. Uh, you guys can find me on Twitter at tim underscore heaney. Um, Rotowire. I run the social media. I, you, you can find us at Rotowire and on Facebook. Um, and we'll probably be ramping up a little of Instagram and YouTube here and there, even and maybe even Periscope, so you can watch out for that stuff. Uh, ESPN, I don't have any bylines going right now, but you can kind of uh, read the NFC East and NFC South player notes when you're, if you're playing the ESPN leagues. You might recognize the writing style if you've read me before. No. Um, <laughs> also, I'll come back to Rotowire. Uh, every Thursday, uh, John Halpin and I uh, will be doing the uh, weekly game preview podcast over on Rotowire. It should be up around noon Eastern most of the time. And uh, to, to, to chime back with Facebook, I'll be doing Facebook live chats every Sunday at noon Eastern uh, leading up to lineup deadlines. Um, always like having the 45 or so minutes to chat before those things, uh, before the, you know, that week's action kicks off on Sunday, always a fun time to kind of connect with people. So uh, if you guys have any questions, you can find me at any of those spots and you can try Rotowire for free for 10 days, rotowire.com slash free, uh, no credit card required. You can poke around at most of our features and, uh, you know, help you set your lineups for two weeks if you time it right, usually on Thursdays. Fantastic. All right, Tim, great to uh, reconnect. A lot of things going on. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you. And it is great to reconnect with you on the old podcast, too. So uh, much, much appreciated having you here with us this week. Thank you so much, Steve. It's, you know, it brought back good memories. We've had so many of them talking. And, uh, you know, thanks for having me back on. Let's do this again sometime. You betcha. That'll do it for this edition of the USA Today Fantasy Sports Podcast. I'd like to thank Tim Heaney for joining me again today. And uh, be sure to follow me on Twitter. I'm at Steve A. Gardner. And Tim is at Tim underscore Heaney. Don't forget we're posting new fantasy football content every day at fantasy.usatoday.com. So for Tim Heaney, this is Steve Gardner. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.